0: All right, we should. Uh, are we good? Rolling.
1: Yep. All right, let's uh, do the old, the old clapper, All right. Three,
0: All right. two, one. Okay. Wow, that's a good one. That was. Uh, <laughs> we discussed the procedure. Wow. We have the procedure down now. We planned it. We planned it. You have to plan it. It's morphin' time. okay minasan yokoso welcome to your favorite cross-cultural deep dive analysis and recap podcast covering super sentai and power rangers kenkyu sentai podcast rangers my name is ethan i use he him pronouns and with me is my usual co-host andrew
1: hey ethan how's my, it going it's,
0: it's going <laughs> <laughs> we're having a day it's, it's been a day
1: uh, my name is andrew I, I also use he him pronouns um and i'm here to talk about some power rangers
0: some powerful rangers today we're discussing Kyoryu sentai's Ranger episode 5 kawaii nazo nazo scary riddles and mighty Morphin power rangers season 1 episode 5 different drum without further ado unless we have further ado let's get into the recap you have any further ado no okay this the, the it's a weird batch guys c- continuing it's the trend these
1: sentai episodes are much better than
0: these power rangers episodes yeah all
1: right
0: Okay, so Super Sentai Recap. Kawaii Nazo Nazo was written by Sugimura Nomoru and directed by Sakamoto Taro. We begin with the most ominously threatening game show host to ever harass random children in the park. This is Dora Sphinx, who uses riddles to trap people and blow them away with his wings. Uh, while Dora Sphinx is being the most normal anyone has ever been, Don, Don and Boy are out on the town enjoying some modern life. Dan has got a 170 million year thirst to quench. In the underground sanctuary, Geki is dreaming about wandering alone through a scorching desert. May wakes him, but something is wrong. Bandora, having a dance party in her palace, invokes the name of Satan and gives a speech about how much she hates children. Dora Sphinx captures Boy while Don is making a phone call, which leads Don to impetuously allow himself to be captured so that the other rangers can figure out where Dora Sphinx is sending everyone. The other rangers spot him flying through the air and follow him to a forest where Dora Sphinx has turned all his victims into trees, which, he reveals, will soon be cut down to build a golf course. <laughs> Teleporting the remaining rangers to an amphitheater, Dora Sphinx proceeds to capture May and then Goshi, leaving Geki all on his own. He does manage to solve the riddles, except the last one, which isn't really even a riddle. Teleporting again to a quarry, Bandora makes Dora Sphinx a giant, so Geki summons his guardian beast, but instead of fighting with him to defeat Dora Sphinx the Tyrannosaurus teleports Geki again to the scorching desert that he foresaw in his vision to be continued. It's I'm, a two-parter.
1: I'm, 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 aren't they all? No, no. J- just all the ones that have happened so far.
0: Right. Okay. Cause we're setting, we're still sort of doing some stage setting. Sure. So, uh, this one leads into the next episode, Tate Dai Jujin, where they form the Megazord for the first time. Yeah. And then the seven and eight are, sort of standalone monster of the week style okay so i think there's
1: i haven't watched those yet. yeah i'm supposed to have watched those but uh i'll watch
0: them tonight it's fine you'll watch them tonight <laughs> a couple of really interesting points about this episode this is the first time we hear great satan's name mentioned um that's important pay attention to that put a pin in that comes up again
1: so I- i'm a little confused because i thought the great satan was the united states of America.
0: Uh-huh. that is this is a fascinating fan fiction universe you've just spawned we're just where we just just like a troop yeah no it's a it's <laughs> like in Ranger, great satan is this sort of very ancient evil spirit okay and we'll get more information later but so, so when you
1: talk about the great satan of the united states of america you're, you're talking about something completely, right completely different yeah
0: okay two different two different satans the action in this is so goofy just the way that the sphinx like flexes his whole core and arms to flap his wings, and everybody just zoots through the air. I mean, it's it's just all over the place.
1: This footage was uh, used in the episode of Power Rangers we talked about in the last episode, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, and um, it made absolutely no sense there. And and I'm grateful that it makes slightly more sense here. But mm-hmm. there is so much teleporting in this one. Yeah, they're just, just like all over the place. A, a, it was almost as bad as Power Rangers yeah. with the just like, okay, well, we've got some footage out here in the, in the quarry. Mm-hmm. So now guess we're everybody's going to the
0: quarry. And now we're here. And now uh-huh. we're here. The Sphinx's riddles are all really like puns <laughs> in Japanese. Some of them I was able to follow and some of them I was not, but that's sort of his whole deal is that he, he grills you on more more and more increasingly obscure wordplay until he can <laughs> trap you in a tree and then you get cut down to make a golf course. It's it's a scheme. What a convoluted way to kill people. Yeah, and, you know, Bandora's whole sort of idea is that, like, all the children will disappear and then all the trees will get cut down when the golf course gets built and, and humanity as a whole will <laughs> be so full of despair from this... Uh, disappearance and then killing of the children that they'll just give up on everything and i don't know she's kind of all over the place
1: the idea right that that all the children of the world and or japan are going Mm -hmm. to disappear and they're still going to build the golf course Mm -hmm. don't don't you think construction would stop it's
0: yeah (laughs) this this is a plan with many holes in it. we will learn through the course of this show that uh bandora's working through some stuff sure um i'm not i don't want to spoil anything because it's kind of like the sort of core i mean she has conceited. been imprisoned for a really long time there's a reason for that we'll get into that you know as as more of her and back uh, Barza's backstory are revealed uh but i think that's all i have to really say it's a lot of setup yeah. for next episode um geki's getting these visions of this sort of desert other world where he's just sort of like Wandering through, he looks like he looks really sick when yeah. May wakes him up. He's like sweaty and red, and he's like, you know, he looks like how you feel when you wake up from a really good nap at totally the wrong time of day. Um,
1: yeah, this one was was super disorienting. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and like intentionally so. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but I'm glad I watched this one and the next one back to back.
0: Yeah, definitely a two parter. And also the Sphinx's laugh in his human form is just so funny. <laughs> and, uh, that's all i have to say about that cool hit us with the power rangers
1: power rangers recap i can do that so this episode is called different drum and um spoilers it was uh not not good
0: not very good there was an attempt made to like make up an inclusive and interesting episode of television and they (laughs) did not do that
1: yeah i mean Uh, Well, I'll just get into it. Uh, So this episode opens with Billy failing to dance and being made fun of. Um, They specifically ridicule his ability to get girls. Mm -hmm. Um, As we've mentioned previously, this is a a thing. They're they're real,
0: real rough on Billy. Mm -hmm.
1: They're almost as bad to Billy as they are to Balkan Skull. Uh, And it's a real shame. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. It takes on a different dimension when you know that David Yost is gay. Yeah,
1: yeah. and and that they have written into the show that Billy can't get girls. Mm -hmm. I mean... Kimmy's teaching a dance class. A member Mm -hmm. of Kimmy's dance class is deaf. According to the Power Rangers wiki, her name is Melissa, but I don't remember them calling her by that name at this point in the episode.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Kimmy signs instructions to her. I'm sure that this is some kind of foreshadowing. Um, (laughs) Re decides to use music monsters to fight the Power Rangers. She also insults Mm Fenster. Balkanskull Skull show up to the gym slash cafeteria where the power rangers always are for some reason and um are challenged to dance the gathered teenagers ridicule bulk with some incredibly fat phobic bull mm-hmm. sh- ending with bulk tearing his jeans again
0: second episode in a row I uh-huh in my notes i do have one note which is that uh billy's fit in this episode is uh like a truly excellent like non-binary trans mask look and also <laughs> bulk and skulls all of bulk and skulls outfits would be like peak lesbian fashion in about 12 years
1: okay. yeah yeah I, I particularly disliked the way that the backing music changed between zach and bulk dancing um i don't know if you noticed that but but zach's got like music with a beat mm-hmm. and then when they switch over this to bulk like it's clown it's, noises yeah it's very much like uh benny hill kind of thing okay. like yeah. hey let, let's Saks. let's make fun of the fad guy of course this all ends with bulk face planning into zach's food as is common with these encounters mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, the Power Rangers leave to watch a movie. Okay. Uh, yeah. Instead of any kind of modern music, Fenster, who has been instructed by Rita to build a, a music monster, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, builds an accordion monster to hypnotize children. Yep. The gnarly gnome. Melissa, as was established earlier, is not impacted by this monster. Right. There is actually very little accordion music played. There is a little bit, but, but uh, it's mostly just this weird drone. They just
0: play this like. Yeah. yeah. So when this monster shows up in Zoo Ranger, and I mean, it sounds like, I need to go back and listen again, but it sounds like he's playing working on the railroad and someone's in the kitchen with diamonds. <laughs> and I was like, I had to pause the video and say, wait a second. Um, Is that, what was that? Uh, but you're right. It's just sort of this sort of tuneless. Yeah a rhythmic a melodic sort of noise Drone. um uh, so hypnotizes all the the monster
1: pie pipers the kids into a cave mm-hmm. uh melissa for unknown reasons follows along but can't enter the cave because of some kind of net this is not explained no. apparently deaf people can't enter caves ah, yeah so she goes back to the gym juice bar to tell the power rangers mm-hmm. why who knows there's a moment when she gets back to the juice bar that's really shit. While no one is around who can sign, uh, and before she starts writing that she needs help, they, mm-hmm. they do this almost, like, Lassie thing with yeah.
0: her. And really, um, Jason's like,
1: what is it? What's wrong? It's and, like, yeah, I mean, uh, it instantly made me deeply uncomfortable. Uh, um, thankfully, bad. it does not last for long. No. Um, and and they do recover and, and do something reasonable, but, like, it it was real, real s***. The... Footage from the cave I thought was pretty interesting in that it is a combination of um, the Japanese mask footage and fresh American footage. They've Mm -hmm. got the American kids kind of superimposed Mm -hmm. alongside the mask Mm -hmm. footage. Um, I thought it worked pretty well. Uh, They've done that a couple of times in the past, and it has worked really, really poorly. Um, This is the the first time that I've seen it work well. At this point, um, the the gnome turns invisible for some reason. Mm -hmm. Not explained at all. No. The rangers then morph with no clear reason and appear holding their weapons before immediately engaging the monster in battle.
0: I wrote beating his ass right out the gate.
1: Yeah. Uh, keep in mind, this is a monster that they've never seen before and have no contact with. They know nothing about this guy. They just morph weapons fight. They very quickly decide to build the ridiculous gun and power blast the monster. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the Ridiculous Gun is supposed to be called. I don't remember from the previous episode. I will be referring
0: to it only as the Ridiculous Gun. I think they name it the Power Blaster, which is way less cool than it's uh, That Sentai-like explains why one. I said
1: and Power Blast the monster.
0: Yeah. Uh, in in Super Sentai, it's called the Howling Cannon, which just kicks ass. That that's a, sounds really good. Yeah.
1: So Rita throws her staff and makes the monster grow. The Rangers summon their zords. They pull the crystals and go tank mode. Kimmy's footage in this montage is, is weirdly desaturated, as if they I had used a shot too. of a different ranger. Uh,
0: uh, yeah, no, it's just uh, some some of the colors are, yeah. like, very muted, yep. and she just looks gray. Uh-huh. Most of the other rangers look fine, but, like... Yeah. Something happened with that film transfer, I think. I don't um,
1: know. So they, they go tank mode. The tank battle is ineffective, so they go Megazord mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the monster starts playing music, which makes the rangers hallucinate a city or possibly teleports them. It's mm-hmm. not really clear. Uh, they then pull the sword, as introduced in the last episode, and they end the fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the monsters dead, the teenagers free the prisoners, who don't question anything about their situation mm-hmm. in no. spite of the fact that they obviously should. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, we hear Melissa's name for the first time.
0: Five sixths of the way through the episode.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, seconds before it's over, uh, they they were like, "Oh yeah, we should give her a name." We end up back at the gym and juice bar. Billy dances with Melissa. Apparently, he can break dance now.
0: Yeah, that, it, that's the yeah, episode. He, I mean, he really busts it out. <laughs> it's kind of incredible. Yeah,
1: I, I have to assume that, that both uh, David Gost L- and Walter Jones have a background in dance. I think we looked up in the last episode that Walter Jones Walter definitely, definitely does. Definitely does. Definitely um,
0: does. Also lost a piece of a finger yeah child which i thought was wild um
1: but like two episodes in a row that weirdly center on dance Mm -hmm. um and specifically center on billy's inability to dance Mm -hmm. which i thought was just a really weird choice and probably explained some of the weird hangups i had as a kid about dancing
0: that makes sense um
1: i had serious insecurities about uh, the concept of dance i still do and i
0: blame power rangers for that entirely (laughs) that's not unreasonable um i have uh Many questions about this episode, yeah. but one of them is, is why is a giant gnome not just a regular size guy? Whoa. Gnomes are just tiny, supposedly. So you make a giant gnome and it's just like a guy. That's my main question. No, I mean, this, this one is really interesting because it is another pretty poor adaptation of the Source episode from Ranger, uh, which we're kind of ahead of the curve now, uh, as far as monsters go. And I don't think we'll match up again until episode 17. Yeah, But... The Gnarly Gnome is based on Dora Goblin, and Dora Goblin pulls on a lot of, like, Celtic fairy mythos in that he is able to, like, what they they called it, mazing. Basically, you're wandering through the woods at night, you're trying to get home, and you keep getting turned around. Sure. You've been fairy mazed. Sure. Uh, so he can't be seen by adults, which is where the invisibility stuff comes okay. from. And the only way to make him visible is to get him to swap his shoes. And so there's a whole bit in episode seven about them getting him to swap his shoes. Okay. It's episode seven, which is Miru Miru, which we'll talk about um, two episodes from now. But so so a lot of the monsters so far have been like quasi Greek mythology based. This one is just totally random. It's a fairy.
1: And... They did not use any of that mythology no. in in the Absolutely Power Rangers episode. None. He
0: okay. just sort of shows up and starts doing the Pied Piper thing. I, and then as soon as they see him they're like, "Okay, time mm-hmm. to beat the gnomes." Yeah, there's there's a whole bit I mean sort of the whole conflict in the Zo Ranger episode is that the rangers are adults and can't see the monster. Sure. Uh so they are like losing the fight and it's they have to figure out a strategy, you know, sort of around that. This is not a good adaptation <laughs> no. of, of that source material. It's kind of all over the place. And like I said at the start of the episode, they made an attempt to like be inclusive and have a disabled character like feature prominently. But, I mean, she does sort of save the day, but she's also treated quite badly. She's not named until the end of the episode, but the, the girl who bumps into her and gets she about it is named. Yeah. Like, first thing. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, they really... They, they they were aiming in the right direction, but I think they really missed the mark with this. But it's nice to see that they're trying, given the other sort of background that we know about, you know, with, with Saban's politics and with the weird color coding of the morph suits. Yeah. You know, they, they made an attempt, and that's something. But I think that's all I really have to say about
1: Different yeah, Drum. I don't have much to say about it either. Um, it was not a very good episode. No. Not a very good episode. I did not feel good about watching it. I did not feel good about myself after having watched it. Like n- normally, these are at least fun, but the battles in this one were also just garbage. Yeah. Um, it, this this episode, I think, represents the worst of Power Rangers so far. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is just
0: it's frantic almost. Yeah, it
1: doesn't follow anything. It, it's nonsensical. It, it doesn't really. I, it, there is a plot there, and i'll I'll give it that compared to to some of the earlier episodes they, they do they are following a plot, mm-hmm. but it feels so rushed and shoehorned um and just vaguely coherent and I know that power Rangers gets better than this i've I've alluded to that a couple of times, mm-hmm. but but like I've gotten far enough in on Power Rangers that I know that power Rangers gets better than
0: this um, I know it was a kid's show because we ate it up when we were small, yeah like looking at it with any degree of criticality it's just like o
1: but also i probably never saw
0: this episode as a kid
1: you know this is not one that would have been picked up in syndication reruns you know it was filler
0: yeah if i had to sit down and make a list of episodes that i did see i would not be able to
1: no i I probably couldn't either but there are some moments that i really distinctly Mm -hmm. remember you know Mm -hmm. i remember the green ranger saga i probably had that on vhs at some point you know oh yeah but like that There are moments that I remember, and this is nowhere near them. If I saw this episode as a kid, it definitely didn't make an impression. But I think chances mm-hmm. are good that neither one of us would have. Because this would have aired probably just when it aired. Um, yeah, there, that makes sense. There's no good reason for this to to be part of the the recap. It doesn't move the plot forward. It doesn't move the story forward. And it's not very good.
0: Hmm. Yeah. That cool. Sort of sticking with the monster of the minute. Yeah. Even more so in this case, because... It, it,
1: they, they see the monster, they, they beat, beat the monster. Yep. <laughs> like the, There's no buildup, there's no tension. It just as a storytelling device, this mm-hmm. episode falls flat
0: on its a- Uh There was one more funny thing, which is that the weird net that falls down over the cave, it's like very obviously like a construction netting. Yeah. But it makes a sound like a castle portcullis. <laughs> like, it's probably magic or whatever, but I sure. did just think that was funny. That I mean... Those things they come in varying degrees of flimsiness, some of them you could just like rip apart with your hands, and some of them are a bit more tough, but none of them like are made of metal and could keep any human person out with any degree of effectiveness. just an odd kind of a running theme of like odd sound effects, yeah um fully works hard, yeah, fully does work hard they they just make strange choices well,
1: so to do fully work effectively is very difficult, oh,
0: yeah. Um, but I think that
1: it is very likely that instead of doing fully work effectively, what they've done for this episode is, um, just used a sound effects library.
0: Yeah. Um, almost certainly. Yeah.
1: And a lot of the sounds that they're using here, you can identify back to a couple of the widely available sound effects libraries. Mm-hmm. And, and but it goes
0: back to the, um, the car squeak noise yeah. from, from high five. Yeah. Um, it it's, it's a cost cutting measure. Mm-hmm
1: you can use a sound effects library instead of having a Foley artist, as long as you don't care if your sound effects
0: are very good. Yeah. Which for show sure for children yeah. in the nineties th- didn't really matter. And
1: like I do it all the time. Um, I I've been scoring cartoons for new Elogy television. Mm-hmm. Um, the two Mickey mouse cartoons that recently entered the public domain, uh, one of them did not have a soundtrack. So I scored it, put some music behind it, added some sound effects. And like I, I picked one of the commonly available sound effects libraries mm-hmm. and, and picked some sound effects out of it. And, it's fine it works you get a wilhelm scream in there i did not get a wilhelm scream (laughs) in there um there there is not an instant i mean there's one instance right after mickey gets slapped that that it could have worked but um anyway i love um, the wilhelm scream yeah it's just it's very good uh nelson you want to insert one right here yep Ah! okay (laughs) (laughs) there's a thing uh when they're fighting the putties i don't know if you guys
0: noticed but when they're fighting the putties like there's just like a pipe noise yeah 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 it's just like like a pipe hitting a concrete wall or something yeah Yeah, it makes me wonder like they're called putty they're made of clay but like what does hitting them feel like because like i've handled like the bags of clay we have in the pottery studio next door to here i don't I don't know if you just but like the, the putties it, have been fired they have been fired so are they like bisque they're bisque? stoneware that's very yeah. weird to think about
1: and and so but, like it would be like punching brittle rocks
0: it sounds bad it, it yeah but and the they do uh, it barehanded all the time uh-huh uh the 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 but pipe noise episode. that nelson brings up is a. it's a really good sound effect <laughs> for, the <laughs> for something else yeah. no no no. it's like it fits really well like it doesn't make any logical sense but sure. it is like it adds to the spectacle of the of the thing sure okay well i think that's good for our talk back and yep. we'll move on to our research portion uh, which is mine today because it's an odd numbered episode my research topic this time is what is tokusatsu and this is a uh, part one we're gonna have to dive into this it's it's a so, just so Ethan, it's an, what is
1: tokusatsu
0: we'll get to that um <laughs> it's an enormous topic with you know i mean of uh, explicitly of you know 40 almost 50 years of tv history but actually going back much further than that for my first research segment in episode one i chose ishinomori shotaro who is credited as essentially creating the super sentai franchise with himitsu sentai go ranger in 1975 But where does this wider genre of tokusatsu come from tokusatsu translated literally means special filming it denotes using techniques like miniatures and scale model sets as well as camera tricks like the low angles used to make characters look giant and the origins go back even further than 1975 tokusatsu has origins in traditional japanese theater disciplines like kabuki's choreographed stage fights and bunraku's puppetry Tokusatsu also has subgenres within it as well. Uh, kaiju films like Godzilla, for example, as well as superhero shows like Kamen Rider and Super Sentai. There are two names it's important to know when discussing the origins of this style of filmmaking, and those are Makino Shozo and Tsuburaya Eiji. Makino was a very early filmmaker in Japan, with his earliest credit on IMDb listed as 1908. He directed dozens of short films and popularized the Jidai Geki style of Japanese period films depicting medieval and feudal Japan. And he used trick shots and other techniques to give these early films more expression. And another interesting tidbit is that he recruited a kabuki actor called Onoe Matsunosuke into being one of Japan's first film stars. This is like, how do you make a film with lots of feeling with the first camera ever made? I mean, we're talking black and white silent movies, Early, early stuff.
1: The same kind of thing that Melier would have been dealing with in France, um, trying to like get some uh, movement and emotion into Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, at the time they 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 didn't really even have camera movement. They hadn't worked out the dolly yet, Mm -hmm. you know.
0: Tsuburaya Eiji came into filmmaking significantly later, but like Ishinomori would have an outsized effect for a single creator. Among his many credits are the original Godzilla, as well as many of its sequels, Kurosawa Akira's Throne of Blood, and crucially, Ultraman, which Suburaya created. Like Super Sentai and Kamen Rider, the Ultraman franchise is one of those mega-popular media behemoths in Japan, which is still going to this day, having inspired and influenced many generations of creators there, including, for example, Ano Hideaki, the creator of Evangelion. It's all connected where you start looking. We'll get more into tokusatsu and filmmaking in Japan in general in the future. There's a lot to dig into.
1: So... Ultraman was probably my, my my second exposure to Tokusatsu mm-hmm. after Power Rangers. Yeah, late sixties, and not from the Ultraman show or anything, but from the fact that my dad had grown up as a huge Ultraman fan. Mm-hmm. You know, um, makes sense time wise. Yep. and he um, showed up one day at the house. Um, I think he had gone uh, on a work trip, but he he came back one day from from wherever he had been with a bunch of. Ultraman toys. Nice. Big vinyl Ultraman toys. And uh, I didn't know anything about this guy. I just knew that he was much bigger than all my other toys. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he got to wreck stuff. Yeah. Um, so, like, uh, Ultraman, I to this day have not seen any Ultraman. We should do a special episode at some point. But I mean, he, we he holds a very special place in my
0: heart. A bunch of special episodes because there is a ton of Ultraman sure. to watch. Uh, I would be interested. We had um, a VHS of Godzilla versus Megalon. Is Um, that the one with Jet Jaguar? That is the one with Jet Jaguar, who is... Ultraman. Who is basically Ultraman. Yeah. This is one of those figures who, I mean, he is... That franchise is just so popular in Japan and has been forever. And now, I mean, there's been multiple Netflix animated shows now, and it's, it's just all over the place. I mean, it's one of those really, really big ones and like i said a minute ago like started in the late 60s like i think the first ultraman broadcasts were before color um, makes sense so this uh this this tokusatsu franchise uh, or style rather is um it's got a lot of depth to it sure and it goes it goes back a long way depending on you know sort of how you count it
1: yeah i mean like when did when did the first godzilla film come out 54 54 yeah so like at least that far mm-hmm.
0: and Tsuburaya was like the like special effects director basically for that pioneered some wild things sure and went on to sort of create Ultraman which it became this right massive media success and paves
1: the way for everything else hmm mm-hmm.
0: so lots of um, really interesting sort of the roots reach to really interesting places
1: yeah we gotta go find some of the silent films yeah absolutely
0: uh, they're all, I mean, I don't know all of them, but many of them are listed on IMDb, so we have something to look for. Cool. Okay, and I guess that's it. We'll be back next time to discuss episode six of Z Ranger, Tate Dai Jujin, Arise Daijujin, and Power Rangers Food Fight. If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to send me $5, and if you want to find me online, don't. But you can follow the show on the Fediverse at Kenkyu Sentai Podcast Rangers at meet.communitymedia.network. Andrew, how can people get in touch and what should they look out for?
1: I'm uh, at AJRoach42 at Retro.Social, which is the best way to find me. If you want stuff to look out for, go check out New Elegy Television. We've got a bunch of big stuff planned. It's probably where you've gotten this podcast from, but if you got it from you know one of those podcast distribution networks, go click the link. I, mm-hmm. It'll be worth it, I promise.
0: Yeah. That's all the show we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks also to Hurley Burley and the Volcanic Fallout for the use of their song, Colossal Might, Totally Radical Instrumental Version, for our intro and outro music. Kenku Sentai Podcast Strangers is licensed CC by SA and produced in collaboration with New LJ Television at the LJ Makerspace, which stands on the ancestral, unceded, stolen, and occupied lands of the Cherokee people. You can learn more about the Makerspace by visiting ljmakerspace.org, and you can learn more about the Cherokee people by visiting Cherokee.org strength, love, and solidarity to all oppressed people. And in the words of a wise man, capitalism, go home. That's an episode.